are now watching Music of Lifebloods Conversations from the Pit. Ladies and gentlemen, you have tuned yourself into another episode of Music the Lifebloods Conversations from the Pit. I am your very humble host, Dustin. Join with me, as always, Music the Lifebloods' own man in the field, John Carter. Carter, how are things? Things are pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. We're, uh, we're fiddling with Skype as per usual. So mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe, one of, maybe one of these days we'll move over to Zoom. Okay, Carter. Mm -hmm. 2020 is over. So you and I talked about we wanted to do uh, like a top three best of for each of us for 2020. Because I don't think we've ever done anything like this before, have we? No, I can't say we have. No, no we, we just kind of hit record and go. So this uh, this will be a little interesting. So I'll um I'll remind everybody if you just listen to conversations from the pit, if you're listening to like the SoundCloud feed or uh, Apple podcasts or iTunes or whatever, Google podcasts, I don't know, whatever we're on. Uh, keep in mind when it comes to conversations from the pit, it's a video. So I drop in quite a bit of graphics when it comes to these conversations from the pit episode. So I would encourage everybody you might want to check out the YouTube or the Facebook video or the video on Tumblr, whatever the case is. So just food for thought so you can see all the goodies. All right. And then beyond that, uh, just a quick little plug as far as merch goes. There is a ton of new merch in the MTLB Ultra Mega Store. That's going to be at tchip.com. I think it's backslash MTLB Ultra Mega Store. I think that's the actual uh, URL for it. But uh, if you if you just search it, bang it, Google it, whatever you do, you'll be able to find it pretty quickly. Lots of cheap shirts designed by our own Carter. And then a little bit in there as far as uh, Music of the Lightbloods own roving reporter, my old older brother, Derek. Derek does some graphics too. So, um, but tons and tons of new merch. And then... Last thing, just want to remind everybody about the MTLB Ultra Mega Value Exchange. If you want to be a part of the MTLB Ultra Mega Militia, there's a lot of tongue twisters. I regret calling everything MTLB Ultra Mega whatever. Uh, if you want to be a part of the MTLB Ultra Mega Militia, all you have to do is uh, share our content on whatever bullshit social media platform you're on or buy merch from the T-Chip store or uh, what's the other one? Oh, the Patreon. If you want to do sort of a reoccurring thing, you can sign up on the Patreon. It's patreon.com backslash music lightblood. All right, I'm done with the plugs. So let's get going. All right, Carter, do you want to go first? Are you going from the bottom up? Um, I'm, okay. I'm not really going in any order. I just basically, I, I kind of thought about what we talked about and I'm going to sort of kind of like make it like the, the, the three that stand that the releases that stood out to me this year, you okay. know what I mean? The, the kind of like, you know, so, um, I'm going to start off first with, uh, um, the, I know that everybody kind of has a different mentality of what black metal is, um, or grind or, um, or, or no, like noise music or whatever. But like one of my favorite bands that I've gotten into over the course of the past, like maybe four years is Revenge.
black metal band um, run by uh, Jay Reed, who was in Conquer. Um, and uh, uh, they kind of had like a, you know, over the years since about 2000, I believe, they've had a, uh, a collection of different people come through. They're, they're affiliated with, uh, um, with, with bands like, uh, like, like Blasphemy from Canada, who are just legendary um, bl- uh, black metal band. Um, the whole Ross Bay cult thing. Um, the thing I really like about this album is some people will probably say that I'm, I, I got to turn in my cult, my, my KVLT card for saying this, but this <laughs> album has some fucking groove and some riffs on it. It's not just like the sound of a black metal band falling downstairs, which is great, which is what I fucking love about revenge. But I mean, there's some riffs on this fucking thing and it's good. Um, and uh, I, one thing I really love about Revenge is they keep they keep it true. They just T R V E. They keep it true. Um, <laughs> Stop. Uh, you know, <laughs> white on black, black on white. You know what I mean? It's just right. it's it's true. Right. And like so, uh, to me, in a lot of ways, they were like they're, they're kind of like the the black flag of of black metal because they just sort of like they defied all you know just all trends and just kind of just did what the fuck they want. And they're one of my favorites. And I mean, and it's it's an acquired taste for some people because to me, they're probably one of the most extreme bands uh, to ever be out there. And like their music, their lyrics are just about just destroying everything. And just, you know, it's, it's not like a live, laugh, love, you know, crochet on a pillow kind of message. It's more or less kind of like you are in control of your own world, kick fucking ass, destroy everything. And the music sounds like you're going to fucking war. It sounds like the apocalypse. I fucking love it. So, so, there's, uh, so right there, right there already, it's worth sure. mentioning because of, of your, um, um, your noticeable tilt towards hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> so, for real. So right. Yeah. Right there alone is I, I can just from the way you described it, I can understand why it hit your button, you know? Yeah. Well, and what's really great too is, uh, um, bands like Nails. Um, they, they give a nod to revenge for a, a big influence. Um, you know, and then there's other kind of stuff that's kind of like, it's on the, on the grind side of things. And what's crazy about it is just me just be, you know, growing up in, in the United States, obviously the whole time, like in the nineties, there was this amazing thrash black and death metal scene going on in Canada, you know, Calgary, uh, notably here sure. with these guys. Um, and just kind of like over the past few years, just kind of delving back into it. And like I said, it's, a, it's an acquired taste because a lot of it's really raw recorded and stuff, you know, and uh, um, it kind of like on the uh, the movie uh, that they did about Mayhem recently. Um, what the hell is that called again? The the, the guy from uh, Bathory produced the the the, oh, um, the, 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 the Lords, of, Lords of Chaos. Yeah, yeah Lords. Lords of Chaos. There's there's footage of them uh, or scenes where they're wearing blasphemy shirts and. I didn't really know. I mean, I don't know how much blasphemy and the whole Ross Bay cult and that whole early '90s uh, Canadian scene influenced, um, you know, Sweden, Norway, and all that or whatever. Sure. Um, but it's it's really cool. I, I love I love going down a rabbit hole of stuff that I missed, you know, or like oh shit, I was there was there the whole time, and that's what I love about Revenge. Sure. They've got um, a, a bunch of albums out, you know, some splits with uh, bands like uh, uh, um, like Black Witchery and other like, which is also um, another band that's they're they're from Florida, but they're kind of connected with that whole thing. But it's it's just extreme fucking just you know destruction in you know through black metal. I fucking love it. Not not there's no there's no beautiful keyboard swells. There's no you know epic you know whatever. It's just it's fucking noise, and I love it. So is it, that's, is that's, it, I'm I'm not familiar with them. Like I know the name, but I I don't. Is it like legit black metal vocals? Well, well it's. 
Okay, oh. what I would actually say is it kind of reminds me of more kind of a cr crust grind type vocal approach. Okay. And well, people, like, if you're familiar with, like, early Napalm Death, like Scum, um, and uh, um, I think in uh, Enslavement to Obliteration, the two albums before Barney joined, it's, it, it rings similar to that kind of stuff. Okay. Just, it's, cool. got a very, it's got a grindcore bent to it, but, like, they call themselves black metal, and... It, and we like we discussed before, black metal, the definition and what it's about and what it sounds like and what it's supposed to look like varies all around the world. Sure. You know, so the whole, uh, you know, they they used to hang out um, at this place called the Ross Bay Cemetery, which was in in, in Canada in Calgary or whatever where they're from. And uh, a lot of these fucking like these death metal guys and black metal guys would hang out. And they call it the Ross Bay Cult. And so. They, the bands that, you know, that are from that area, uh, you know, of Calgary, they, um, they, you know, the, the Ross Bay Colt bands and like, you can go on, on online and, you know, just look it up. And there's, a uh, um, uh, uh, Ryan Forster, the, uh, the guitar player for blasphemy. He was one of the guys that really kind of like spearheaded a lot of that. And so it's, it's just, it's just real, it's real interesting you know, to see, um, you know, just kind of like how other people will interpret it. And the fact that they're still doing their thing, you know, into, into, into 2020, you know, is, is awesome. So there's sure. that. Is that on a specific label? Um, yeah, actually this one, um, is, let me double check this real quick. I don't want to misquote. This is on season of mist. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah, they, they, they reissued this and their album, Behold Total Rejection from 2005, um, on vinyl, um, various, you know, gatefolds and colors and whatnot. Sure. And then, and then they repress, like, the majority of their back catalog on CD. And it's, it's great stuff. I mean, it doesn't sound like Gorgoroth. It does not sound like Watain. certainly doesn't sound like Dimmu Vorgur. It's more akin to early Napalm Death. Um, and, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Like, early, early Napalm Death and, like... Uh, pre-heartwork carcass but like just like i tell people i said it's, it sounds like you turned on a faucet and black metal came out it's just like it's just it's it's i can't say staticky but it's just so it's such a cacophony i mean it's 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 a it's, i love it it's just it's not to sound like a total fucking douchebag meathead but i i on deadlift day at the gym i always listen to fucking revenge because it's just like it's you know, it's it just sounds like deadlifting fucking four hundred pounds. It's yeah. fucking awesome. The but way, uh, the, the way you the way you describe it, it sounds like in my head I'm picturing like pentagram, Antichrist era, Gorgoroth mixed with nails. Yeah, like fucking real close. But yeah. the great the great thing about it is the recording production is real primitive. It would drive Jake fucking bananas. Jake would lose <laughs> lose his fucking mind. Yeah, right. it, it right. literally sounds like somebody just dropped a mic on a wooden floor in the middle of the room and they went off. But 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 it is, it is mixed well and it's just kind of like the great thing about like Jay Reed uh, the drummer comes in and does his parts. Um, I believe it's uh, Jay Reed that does it and it literally sounds like fucking not pig squeals, not like uh, deathcore pig squeals. But he sounds like a fucking like a like a like a fucking snorting boar. It's it's like nothing I've ever fucking heard. And they're just they're just so goddamn brutal. And it's just kind of like you know you know. But they're yeah, I highly recommend Revenge. And I mean, they, like I said, they're one of those bands been around for a long time since the early two thousands. You know, and uh, um, the the band Conqueror put out um, some EPs and a discography uh, that has all their stuff from like the nineties. 
Revenge is essentially just a continuation of Conqueror. It's the same band, more or less. But with some, so if you find um, the, uh, uh, I believe Infinite Majesty is the name of a, a, a Conqueror um, discography. I've got that too. It's a, it's a double vinyl. It's fucking like thirty songs. It's, it's to me. I, it's, it's grindcore to me. Honestly, it's grindcore. But they, um, they consider it uh, black metal, and so it's, I call it black metal for that. Right on. My first pick, uh, it wouldn't be Music of the Lightblood if it wasn't Cancer Slug. Mm-hmm. So two albums from Cancer Slug this year. You got the Courtesy Flush. I think that was in August. And then Moonlight Martyrs, which I think was in December. So Alex and the girls have absolutely been hustling this entire year. Yeah. Now, I did I did a review of the Courtesy Flush on Vinyl Thursday. Um, it's, it hasn't been released on vinyl yet, so just heads up, because I know um, the Slug Cult, the Cancer Slug fans, are all about hunting stuff down on vinyl. Um, but it's just CDs so far, but there were two variants, uh, two variant covers from it. I'll put them up so you guys can see what they look like. <laughs> busy this year man um i think it's one of those sort of um um side effects of the shutdown from covid you know i think a lot of our a lot of our favorite bands had opportunities to write music which i mean that's that's awesome it sucks that none of them could go out and tour and make money and play shows but at the same time hopefully they got they got some good songs out of it and they were able to write and record but um for me, I think I think it's worth mentioning, and I mentioned this in the Vinyl Thursday episode too. That um, something to think about with the Courtesy Flush is that this is the first uh, full-blown studio effort after longtime drummer Mike Horgan had passed away. Yeah. Um, so this was the first album with Jade. Uh, her name is Jade Jones. She's the she's drumming for Cancer Slug now, and. Jade is is a different kind of drummer than what Mike was. I always thought that Mike's Mike's left hand was always busy. He did a lot of ghost notes and sort of like rolls off of the snare drum, mm -hmm. you know, that he had a he had a kind of swing to the way that he played and I th to me I think it's you're never going to be able to duplicate what Mike did ever. You yeah. know, we're not only are we talking about his musical contribution, but him and Alex were attached at the hip. You know, those were those they were best friends. And to have such a huge player in the cancer slug, you know, storyline gone. You know, I, I the one thing that I liked was that what Jade played on the album, it it didn't sound like Mike. And I, I was glad because. I, I, I was glad that they that 
Jade or Alex or whoever, I don't know, whoever didn't, no one felt like they had to try and duplicate what Mike did. It was just, it was time to move on to something else. But at the same time too, the great thing about the album is that um, Mike's song, Alex wrote a song about Mike and it's a tearjerker for sure, especially when you're in the slug cult, because, you know, we're, t like I said, we're talking about two best friends. Yeah. You know? And I think the that album is a, is to me, as far as being like a cancer slug Uber fan, I think it's, it's such a good sort of wave goodbye to Mike. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we get, um, cause I think the unnameable, I think that was Mike's first appearance, recorded appearance with Cancer Slug. I might be wrong because the catalog is hard to suss out because there's just so much stuff. But I think that was Mike's first appearance. I'm hoping maybe we'll get that on vinyl at some point, you know, some sometime soon. So just kind of fingers crossed in that regard. But um, it's it just um, like I said, it it was a, it was a it was a great way to, for you know the Slug Call to be able to kind of you know, wave by to, to, to Mike, but, and then at the same time, it's, it's a new chapter, you know, J, you know, Jade's a different drummer. Alex mm -hmm. is, you know, Alex is writing is, is, is developing more. He's have to me, I think we're in the middle of Matt of Alex sort of having another creative boom. You know, I, some, some artists, you know, they, they hit something that they really like and then they, they try that for a while and then there's might be another period of growth where they try something different. I think we're in a period of growth with Alex right now. And the neat thing is we have two, we have two full albums that documented this sort of change in the way that Alex was writing. Yeah. I, do, do you think, do you think that, uh, I, I don't feel that either albums were rushed by any means, but do you think that like by getting them both out was a really good way of him saying, "Hey, check it out! This is what we sound like now. This is who we are now." Yeah, not, I think. I, not, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think Moonlight Moonlight Martyrs is, to me, um, it's it's not as pummeling as what what um, like something like Symphony of Savagery, um, or even like Tales of a Butcher. Obviously, it um, reminded me more of Tales of the Butcher. Sorry, like in the songwriting. It had sure, more of a Tales sure. of the Butcher vibe songwriting wise. Sure, sure, sure. The production on Tales, you know, it's, I mean, that whole album is such a departure from the rest of the cat, the catalog as far as Cancer Slug goes, because it's like, it's a full on metal album. That's what it is. Um, but it's Moonlight Martyrs isn't as pummeling as what the courtesy flush is, but I don't know that I would want it to be, you know? I think the the neat thing about these two batches of songs is that they're good. They're good. They're complementary. Yeah, I, I, they they could make actually a really good uh, uh, kind of like their own use your illusion. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's that's yeah. kind of what I thought of when they came out yeah. kind of back to back like that. Yep. Sort of. Yep. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting comparison, mm -hmm. but it but it works though. You know what I mean? It 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 does work. You know, it's funny because I always think of Get in the Rain because I think it's on Use Your Illusion 2. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, that's kind of funny. But yeah, that's a good comparison. Cool, man. Um, but awesome. as far as, you know, just as far as other sort of noteworthy stuff on there, um, I mentioned it in the Vinyl Thursday episode too, but Cassie's backup vocals 
are they're they're like at to me to me with cancer slug as it exists now cassie's backup vocals are as important to cancer slug as michael anthony's backup vocals were to van halen you know mm-hmm. the, the cassie's sort of more airy bubbly voice yeah juxtaposed with alex growling or crooning is just such a neat um it's just a, a neat contrast between the two. So, you know, we started we started hearing Cassie's vocals prominently on seasons seasons of sickness, and then she's all over Sassy for Satan. And I was I gonna just, say Sassy for Satan for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that's part of the regular formula going forward. But you know, awesome. Yeah, who knows? But my favorite song on there is probably. Um, I like the flush. I like time has come, but I think the black death is probably right now. That's probably my favorite song on there. Um, there's a song on, I really liked courtesy flush when it came out because to me, I felt that it was, it was kind of a good companion piece to fuck the bullshit that album. Oh yeah, sure. Sure. They, Cause the, it was like a, there was a consistent vibe between the two. Cause as, for some weird reason, not really for a weird reason, just kind of how it hits me. Like, uh, um, Fuck the Bullshit and Courtesy Flush are currently my two favorite albums of them right now. And the thing of it is, man, like uh, Moonlight Martyrs, people, I can't say, people didn't really shit on it. People were just kind of more or less kind of like asking why, a lot of why, why is this, you know, whatever. And because if you hold it up to Courtesy Flush um, back to back, I think the only thing I don't like about uh, Moonlight Martyrs is this song sequencing. That's it. I think they should rearrange some of the songs. Some of, there's some songs that are back to back that I think should have been kind of spaced out, but I still think that all the songs are good. And I think that like, it's got a more of a tales of the butcher vibe, but with like the production and the, and like the sound of like courtesy plush, courtesy yeah. plush you know, yeah, like both, the darker stuff, you know, both, both albums, both albums. I, th- I think Cassie's, um, I think Cassie plays through Ampeg. Um, mm-hmm. I think, um, it's been a long time since I've stood in front of her rig. It's been a while, but, um, Cassie, the, the, both mixes are dense. They're thick. Yeah. They're they're They, and I think it's, I, I think for Moonlight Martyrs, it's more noticeable because there's a little bit less of the aggro thing happening mm-hmm. on Moonlight Martyrs than compared to courtesy flush but i mean moonlight it's a cancer slug album so there's some pissed off shit in there but um just when you pair them next to each other i think i i sometimes wonder if i and i heard some of the chatter too like you mentioned um Mm -hmm. that the why was was the the thing that you heard i you know i think alex will always be the first one to say if you don't like it that's fine (laughs) <laughs> wait wait yeah wait two weeks and there's another album's coming out <laughs> right right yeah yeah i think yeah. I, I think alex is his his thing is just that he wants he wants to write his songs if you like them you do if you don't you don't so i think um i i think i think for a lot of the people that might have had mixed uh mixed reaction to moonlight martyrs i think give it time because yeah. i think i think it's it's potentially the same thing with with um maybe something like you know curse arcanum 
that era mm-hmm. of the band, that era of the band. You know, I've heard, you know, a little bit of chatter in the past that, you know, every they like Curse Arcanum, but I've heard a few people say they didn't like it when it first came out. So I think I think Moonlight Martyrs is give us some time, you know, yeah. let it let it stew and and ruminate for a little while. And you might might when you come back to it, it might hit you a little bit differently. So. Well, yeah, the last thing I'll say about that is one thing that I love about them is it, it's funny because you can either say it's a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your perspective. You can go, oh, they've got so many albums out or, oh, they've got so many albums out. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And like yeah. with me, yeah. I'm kind of like, oh, shit, I haven't heard that yet. Hey, Dustin, what's this? Is this a compilation or is this a, a full length or whatever? And like with you saying kind of coming back to it, there's like stuff like a, um, like a, a the, the, the one that's got generation behind on it, the, the girl in the, in the, in the bathtub. Yeah. Okay. I come back to that and um, was it pussy whipped or whatever? Pussy or talk. Pussy talk. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to SOD earlier today, yeah. but yeah, those two albums right there, they, not that they're bad, but I forget they exist sometimes. Right. And when I come back, I'm like, Oh shit. You know what I mean? And it's, it's I- fun. You know, I, that's why I like. That's I just, that's the final thing I wanted to say about that. But uh. yeah, it's it's neat. It's neat when a band is new to you. All okay. right, what's your, what's your next one? Okay, an album that I've actually been anticipating for a while. Um, there's this there's this band uh, out of um, Pittsburgh uh, called the Cheats. They're a <laughs> basically a, a straight ahead punk and roll band. You know sure. what I mean? Yep. I love it. It's it's like they're 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 part Electric Frankenstein, part Ramones. You know, um, just fucking just kind of like a swinging udders kind of vibe to them. Sure. They they could have very easily been like on on uh, on Fat Records or Epitaph like in the in the mid nineties or whatever. But one thing I love about them is they're they've got like that sleaze rock vibe, no matter what kind of punk rock. And they finally put out their new full length, Cussing, Crying, and Carrying On. And they have a new lineup, and um, I fucking love this record. I've been waiting for it to come out for a while because I've actually I got um, I I met kind of well, online met anyway uh, Todd from the Cheats um, on Facebook because I was kind of like a I was a fan of uh, their their past catalog and um, he's also uh, a, a he he's a pre- he's a president of a couple uh, Turbo Yugans like uh, Tur- Turbo Yugan <laughs> um, Steel City and uh, Rockers FTW right. So we share Wait, a love of. Is this is it, hold, is this one of the dudes from Savage Master? No, that's. You, you, I think you might be thinking of uh, um, Mark Neal from Hookers. Yes. That yes. Is thinking of. He, Never mind. He's Never fucking mind. awesome too. But uh, um, very similar kind of guy. But dude, I mean, like 
they're great. And, you know, we have a, you know, we share a love for Turbo Negro and stuff. And, uh, um, and uh, they, they've got a, they've got a new lineup, you know, um, just all, all new guys. And uh, this guy right here, Devin Holiday, he was in um, this great band out of Atlanta called the Damned Angels. Um, and, uh, they, they, I think they, they shared members with, uh, um, uh, shit, this, uh, this Asheville band, um, just uh, the, the name escapes me anyway, just really, I mean, look, look at, it. I mean, there's just like awesome fucking sleaze rock dudes, you know, punk rock, great, fuck, just super good, catchy fucking punk rock. And there's, there's nods to like, um, you know, there, there's nods to helicopters on their stuff and backyard babies and, you know, and it's just, it's, it's cool, man, because like I get so bored with, with poppy upbeat, um, anthemic punk rock. But when you throw kind of like a, you know, a New York dolls, early Motley crew kind of kiss kind of vibe into it, it makes it more fun. It's not, it's not like cookie cutter paint my numbers, punk rock. They're their own type of like rock and roll punk. And um, I've been waiting for that record to come out for a while. Um, and uh, it came out, like, I, I want to say, back in like November. Um, and it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's just really fun. You know, obviously you and I aren't drinkers, but if, if you were at a fucking punk rock party where everybody's drinking and having a good time, you know, it's just, it, it kind of sounds like one of those really good, like good mid 90s, you know, punk rock and roll albums. It's, you know, mm-hmm. but, with, uh, but with definitely a, you know, a more more of a you know leaning towards Ramones and Buzzcocks on the poppier side of things, kind of like bands like The Crowd, you know, and, and whatnot. But I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a great it's my favorite punk album to come out this year. So. I'm picturing in my head. I'm picturing the Chelsea Smiles. Dead on, fucking 100. Um, percent A little bit, but with a little bit more of a um, uh, shit, not Dropkick Murphys, but more of a um, more of a Street Dogs kind of a kind of a vibe to it that's not really, is that is that spike's other band i believe so you know like a, it's, it's got a street punk sound to it definitely is, but not like an overt oi street punk sound mixed with like sleazy rock and roll it's fucking great i love right. it all right so uh next one for me um i'm pretty sure everybody's gonna see this one coming given the interview i did a couple months ago so, uh, Rebirth by Blasphemy by Midnight. Awesome. You know the only reason why that's not in my in my list is because I didn't purchase it on vinyl yet. Like oh, an you asshole. Not yet? No, I, I, I listened to it all the fucking time. I just haven't gotten around to fucking buying it. And I was just like, ah, so it definitely would have been in there for me. 
It's it, dude. It's good. When when I interviewed Athenor, <laughs> but it was one of the funniest interviews I'd ever done. Um, it, we were making fun of Def Leppard by the end of the episode, and Athenor had said that. You know, they came through Cleveland a while back, and I and I said, "Oh man, I gotta go. I love High and Dry." And then <laughs> you show up to the show, and you get what you get with Def Leppard. <laughs> and Athenar specifically said, "Like, oh man, I've been duped again." You know, like it, yeah. like it happens regularly with with Def Leppard. So, mm-hmm. but th- the record. You know, I mean, we all know if you're familiar or if you're not familiar with Midnight, as far as recorded Midnight or Studio Midnight, Athenar is doing everything. Um, and the live band wise, you know, he's got um, Vanek, um, Paul Vanek from Vanek yeah. playing guitar for him live. And Paul is such a good fit for Midnight Live. And then SS has been drumming for him forever. You know, and some of those guys, they've, um, I don't know if, all right, I'm not, no. Athenar's played in some other bands, um, but I'm not going to, because he goes by a stage name, I think, for a reason. So I'm not going to out him as far as, like, other bands and stuff. But, like, that scene of music, there's some overlap as far as um, who's playing in what bands and who's helping each other out, that sort of thing. Which, to me, the sort of black and roll, black and thrash scene um, it's a, it's always a, it's a fun scene of music. Nah, mm. it's, it's a fun genre, but I, I think the scene is just equally as fun because a lot of those people, they're like, just, we're having a good time. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of people that really, truly appreciate true to the term heavy metal. <laughs> Rebirth by blasphemy was, I think for me, No Mercy for Mayhem is always going to be my perfect midnight album. Hmm. Um, just because of, I mean, that's not to say that Satanic Royalty isn't totally amazing. Or or the comp with all the early seven inches. I can't remember what that's called. But um, it's the gray cover with the black midnight logo on the front of it. Um, yeah. But for me, No Mercy for Mayhem was where I got into the band. That's That's my entry point. So like Evil Like a Knife... Um, no mercy for mayhem, obviously like just those songs, those, those are amazing songs, but I like rebirth by blasphemy because Athenar tried some new stuff, um, specifically, um, rising scum, I think was a song that struck me because when I interviewed Athenar, I asked him, is that you just channeling your take on the world, Judas priest? And he. <laughs> And Athenar said, exactly, that is what it is. So I was, yeah. it, it was nice because I'm such a big Priest fan. So it was, it was, it was fun to see Athenar, you know, nod to Priest, you know, because I mean, it's such a different band, but I mean, he loves Judas Priest, you know what I mean? So, but the whole album, it specifically production wise, the guitar tone that he got on that album, the, the, the rhythm tone and even the leads for the leads just who yeah it's it's a really good sounding record and obviously people are going to be afraid that because it's on metal blade that it's going to be overproduced and that's the cool thing about metal blade is they don't they don't fuck with bands like you know like how they want stuff to sound oh you yeah know what i mean sure, and sure. which is great because i mean there's there's a good handful in fact one of the things i'm going to talk to you about today is, is a metal blade release or whatever 
that stays true to form what, what the band sounds like. And I think Metal Blade is a really good home for that band. Oh, for sure. I would agree. I, I thought, you know, I mean, the roster on Prosthetic and Relapse especially is really, really great right now. But the neat thing about Metal Blade is that that's Slagle's label, right? That's Brian. Yeah. Right? yeah. Mm -hmm. Brian, Brian Slagle, you're right. They let bands be bands. Mm -hmm. You know, the, it's just, it's, I, he, I mean, they just know how to do things right. I think those, those first couple metal massacres are some of the most important releases in metal history. Yeah. You know, metal massacre. I think uh, Slayer's first national appearance was on one of those. Um, and just, I, it's an important label, not, not only for the genesis of, of, heavy metal but for the the growth of heavy metal in my opinion well you know, yeah they they defined it to a lot of people what what they put out was like the limit or was like what's metal sound like hey it's what metal blade does yeah 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 i said when i when i interviewed athanar i forgot to ask him about like what's his relationship going forward with hell's headbangers um because to to me shadow kingdom and hell's headbangers are the primo Pre primo underground metal labels you know they just know how to do stuff they they as far as like respecting respecting the the medium of of vinyl yeah especially as it relates to as it relates to metal all genres of metal they just they are consistently jaw-droppingly cutting edge and meticulous and thorough with the way that they release product well it was kind of i was trying to do a top five or whatever but like okay this is the thing one of my favorite things to come out in 2020 is an ep so i wanted to keep it full length that really caught my attention um so this, is your, I, this was your honorable mention right well okay let me let me go ahead and do my my quick honorable honorable mention um, and then I'll do my third one. I'll just make it, make it real quick because it's an EP, right? But I can't not mention um, Mutual Assured Destruction Fever Dream. Sweet. This fucking shit is so good, dude. Like, what's crazy about it is uh, um, uh, Ace Stallings, the vocalist, he sang for a uh, really important um, kind of like posy, straight-edge, hardcore 90s-sounding band called Breakaway. And they did like uh, a couple really great albums. He is such a driving force in the Richmond, Virginia hardcore scene. And, he, and he's got a great podcast called For, Form of Passion, where he interviews people of, of different, you know, hardcore adjacent genres, people that had a, um, an impact or people that are involved with, with punk rock and hardcore and like some crossover stuff. But anyway, this stuff, sound, it sounds like uh, River, River Runs Red era um, uh, Life of Agony meets Danzig uh, meets Corrosion Conformity. And I did not expect it. They got a seven inch that came out before it with uh, three songs on it. Fucking awesome. These guys, uh, they, they sound a little bit kind of like Crowbar too. They're get, they, they've got a full length coming out on Triple B Records um, in 2021. Fucking great. I mean, and the only reason why they're my honorable mention is because it's an EP. I mean, there's, there's only six songs on it. And it, it came out on Edgewood Records, which is a really great label out of uh, Richmond, which uh, which has uh, Down to Nothing, Dead Heat, um, and a lot of really great fucking like hardcore and crossover thrash bands. Um, but my solid third, 
that blew me the fuck away was as a metal blade band called Lick L I K, which I believe I was wondering. Is- I was wondering if you were gonna pick that. Oh fuck yeah, dude! I love this record so much. Justin, you can attest my my fascination with anything with a fucking dimed out HM2 pedal for fucking <laughs> full on chainsaw distortion. I love I love yeah. Dismem- Dismember, uh-huh. Entombed, Grave. These right. guys, from the second you turn it on, it sounds like they've got fucking like five HM2 pedals going through fucking Marshall stacks. It is fucking brutal, and it's cool because there's like a lot of fast kind of D beat, like fucking black and thrash on it. And it's just a fucking great fun, uh, stupid lyrics about fucking like, you know, molesting corpses and um, just sh- like there's a, there's a song called Female Fatal to the Flesh, Misanthropic Breed. The fucking title track is fucking great. I mean, it's like if, if you like if you like Dismember, um, Rib Spreader, uh, you know, Entombed, Entombed AD, all that kind of shit. It's like the it's to me, it's the quintessential modern Swedish death metal album right now. It's fucking amazing. And what's really cool about it is Metal Blade hooked them the fuck up and they've got like a, um, you know, it's, it's gatefold. You know what I mean? It's just this, the whole artwork is fucking sick. And I believe I want to say I got, yeah, it's on this cool, like smoky gray, you know, see-through vinyl. And they've got an album that came out before it in 2019, I believe called Carnage that just fucking rips. It's so goddamn good. And it's crazy because obviously um, the name Lick, you know, it's, I believe it means death in Swedish or some shit. I don't know. I didn't look it up, but I saw him. It was kind of a suggestion on, you know, Spotify and Apple music and stuff. And there's other bands to mention, like uh, this band called End Seeker out of Germany. That's another kind of like, you know, Swedish death metal influenced band. Um, All the fucking guitar solos remind me of fucking Squiskar Squig Elf and Toki Wartooth, you know, like it's, it's awesome. It goes for like ripping straight ahead, fucking, you know, black and thrash death with fucking like awesome, just, you know, dual guitar leads. It's just like, it's definitely OSDM old school death metal, but it's just like, it's, it's, it's fucking great. And uh, those are, I mean, that, that was, that one really stood out, you know, um, to me. And there's uh, um, another band called Demonical. It's another really great fucking, you know, chainsaw type, you know, OSDM kind of band and shit. And, you know, bands like uh, uh, Rib Spreader, Rib Spreader has uh, Rogo Johansson, who is like a guitar player and vocalist for um, for Paganizer, uh, uh, Rib Spreader, even his, his solo stuff. And I think he he might have done some stuff with um, uh, with Down Among the Dead Man. Um, 
which has the singer, the old singer from Bolt Thrower, um, David Ingram. But not to get on a whole tangent about old school death metal or whatever, but but Lick, uh, Misanthropic Breed, um, that was one of the three albums that fucking stood out in 2020. It's just great. I, che- I, ch- I check those guys out from time to time. It hasn't grabbed me yet. Um, but then again, I'm I'm not a death metal guy. Right. Old, old school to current. I'm just, it never really, you know, latches on to me. The closest I get is like mid-era Cannibal Corpse. Sure. You know, and that's, you know, kind of superficial. You know what I mean? Like, I just, it's just, it's just never been my thing. But yeah, the every time I do listen to those guys, it's easy to recognize that, yeah, they're good. They're really mm-hmm. fucking good. I always, when I think of them, like, I can always picture them playing a show with like Carcass and like Worm Witch. You okay. know, in yeah, like, Worm Witch they, definitely. They would because there's a. To to me, every time I listen to them, they're just like a crossover element, you know. I love that. Yeah. Because, you know, just just this, I get the slightest, you know, twinge of it every now and then because it's because it does sound like entombed, you know what yeah. I mean. But at the same time, it does sound like death every now and then. Yep. But you know what I mean. But it also. But you know, but also they have that mega, just stupid, crunchy you know, Alex Webster, <laughs> Alex Webster bass tone, you know, like, but yeah, they're, they're really, really, really good. And that's coming from me. And I'm not a death metal guy. I'm just not into it. Well, the thing, the thing I really love about like, like that kind of like the Swedish death metal thing is, um, entombed, entombed and dismember and enslaved and to a lesser degree, I guess, grave, they sort of started the death and roll thing where it was, it was death metal, but they had like fucking straight up, like, Wah-wah solo, you know, like, like Crybaby Wah, Kirk Hammett-type guitar solos. Sure, ha- sure. Slide guitar, harmonica, you know what I mean? And, and stuff like that, to where it was just like, they definitely wore their influences of of early Kiss and Motorhead, you know, and, and Venom um, and stuff like that on their sleeve. And I loved how a lot of those Swedish death metal bands infused that. Like The Crown, for example, Death Race King and, uh, um, and uh, the uh, uh, fucking, the one with the 13 on it. Anyway... Crown is another great band. They weren't. They're not quite like the fucking like maxed out, you know, buzzsaw, chainsaw type shit. But they're they're another great um, Swedish uh, death metal band that had a definite like rock and roll like vibe in their guitar interplay. And the songs were very you know verse chorus with strong choruses and even even number time you know even even number time signatures in their songs. You know what I mean? It was just there was and to me. You know, being a, a big Kiss fan and you know, punk rock kid and a fan of crossover thrash, I like having catchy elements to my death metal. Sure. You know what I mean? That's why I kind of like lost my flavor for death after the first three death albums because right. it was just well, kind of like Chuck, Chuck just kept getting more and more and more technically proficient at mm-hmm. what he was doing. Yeah. Like, do you draw? Because I, I mean, everybody always thinks of At The Gates. When you start talking about the Swedish scene, everybody brings up At The Gates. But I don't... Like, I think those guys sound more like like Entomb than they do At The Gates to me. Oh, you're talking about Leek? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. so you listen to the album um, uh, Slaughter of the Soul, right? 
Yeah. Like Slaughter of the Soul sounds a lot like this misanthropic breed album, right? And I definitely, I definitely see that. I think the only, the only real thing that kind of really makes uh, Leak sound like Entombed is their their excessive use of the HM2 heavy metal pedal. You know that <laughs> that chainsaw sound, right? right and right. I definitely because my thing about At the Gates is when they put out Slaughter of the Soul, that was the only album that they have that sounds like that, right? Their album before that is kind of like they're getting there and then the albums before that is if you're kind of like well do we want to be black metal or do we want to be like avant-garde death metal you know so it was kind of weird so i'm not really a fan of the early stuff and then when they when they put out their big reunion album in like 2014 or 15 or whatever um i liked it but to me it didn't sound like at the gates you know it was like it was it had more there's like two there's too big of a gap between that and the yeah the one that came earlier. It's hard to it's hard to cover that chasm. Yeah, that is a massive amount of ground to cover, and it's it's difficult. It's like it, it'd be like if you if you only listen to Master of Puppets, and then the next thing that came out was Reload. Sure, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck just happened? You know, because mm-hmm. you can, if you listen to Injustice for All and then the Black Album and then Load, you see, you see Reload coming. You know, it's mm-hmm. I mean, it's a shitty comparison, but you know. But the, but the thing of it is, though, is to, uh, to drink from the night itself. Their most recent album that At the Gates put out, it's kind of like they've broken away from the, um, the 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 chainsaw guitar sound. And the kind of like the bordering on death and roll kind of vibe that uh, um, that Slaughter of the Soul had, and they've kind of become their own thing. It's a great fucking album, and like they're get, they're recording another album too. I love the band. I love their whole catalog. Not sure. a huge fan of the early stuff because because they went through a lot of ba- uh, lineup changes and didn't really have a sound sound yet. But to me, I thought it was really cool how they didn't try to sound exactly like Slaughter of the Soul when they reunited. Sure. And sure. and Thomas Lindbergh has done so much. Everything from Lock up to disfear um, to fucking like name it. I mean, all kinds of stuff. The great unraveling. Um, I think that's what it's called. Anyway, but he, you know, he's 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 dipped his toes in the hardcore world with doing stuff on you know on uh, Deathwish Records, like him and you know him and Jake Bannon from Converge and uh, um, uh, the uh, the guitar player from Converge that runs God City Studios. Anyway, they've they've done a lot of stuff together. And the great uh, the great thing, uh, Kurt Ballow, Kurt Ballow. Um, the great thing about Deathwish is uh, um, they there's a converged split with Entomb for fuck's sakes. There's a converged split with uh, I, I I think it's, it's like I want to say uh, they put out a thing with um, they just they've taken a lot of classic death metal bands and worked with them on Deathwish. And yeah, me being a hardcore kid, that's how yeah. I got into the Swedish death metal was right. through that doorway. It's it's so strange because the current state of hardcore is more akin to old school death metal than it is anything else. At least that. at least in my opinion, but I'm not a hardcore guy either. But yeah. Like I don't know where the fuck we're going with hardcore now. Like I just I All right, so last one. Um I'll give a a quick honorable mention uh to the Wraith and their album Gloom Ballet. Um, that came out at the end of 2019, but the push behind it happened mostly in 2020. So a lot of those, uh, a lot of albums actually got the more of a push in 2020 yep, than yep. yeah. I, th- I think there's there's some bound, some bands out there where the the sort of the shutdown 
um, might have helped them as far as like notoriety and visibility because people weren't doing anything. So they're at home just looking for music, that sort of thing. So um, I did an episode of Vinyl Thursday on Gloom Ballet, and then I interviewed Davey from The Wraith, the singer of the band, the singer, lyricist. Um, great, great dude. Great, great, great dude. I've had a, a lot of like just little bullshit and back and forth on Instagram with him. He's just a good dude. And I would say Kaz, their guitar player too. Kaz is top notch. Dude is Ooh. absolutely top notch. So go check out the Wraith. All right. My number one. Cleese. A what? Uh, a Cleese. I think that's how you, I think that's how you say it, right? Um, it's A K H L Y S, and their their album Milinai, and that's okay. um. Uh, there's a lot of Greek, you know, flowing around. You know, Greek stuff flowing around the band. Um, the 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 name of the band Eccles, it's um like the death fog that comes along with the underworld goddess um the greek underworld goddess she sort of presided over nightmares and stuff so that's where the name of the band came from but um and uh this album milinai that's the that's the ancient pronunciation by the way i tapped a i tapped a friend who uh can speak Greek um, to uh, oh, that's awesome to to be able to get it, but it's on band it's on Bandcamp. Obviously, I got my um, my physical copy came last week, I think, and I had ordered it. I think like in November. So you know, European shipping is completely outrageous right now. But Carter, this album, I I do I don't know how to I don't know that I can articulate it. Are they black metal or uh, yes. what? Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, yes, it's black metal. Um, it's got, it's got twinges of second wave. Um, but it's also got, uh, a lot of elements of ambient that was more developed toward the end of the second wave and, um, sort of picked up by some of those later bands. Um, I look, everybody knows I'm a Clyde Barker fan. I'm a huge Hellraiser fan. Um, 
the Hellbound Heart, the novella that became Hellraiser, the original Hellraiser movie, part two, the second movie, and especially Clyde Barker's Scarlet Gospels. That's the book that he wrote that sort of uh, wrapped up everything surrounding Pinhead. Um, I'm a huge Clyde Barker fan, and I am telling you, man, this album, Milinahi, this could be the soundtrack to Hellraiser. I got to hear that. I, I haven't heard it's, it yet. It's, it's, this is the best album of 2020. No contest. Absolutely, okay. absolutely no contest. It's sinister. It's evil. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Like, it just exudes something sort of insidious. You know, it's it is so cram packed with that black metal atmosphere that you don't always get with a lot of even great black metal bands. But this thing dropped my jaw, absolutely dropped my jaw the first time I listened to it. And I've just been mainlining it since it's it is hands down, hands down. I would say one of the best black metal albums to be to be released in the last 25 years you should you probably sent me the link to this a while ago but send it again because that sounds really good yeah what would you yeah. What, what's what's uh what uh you're gonna you're gonna post a uh um a recommended song from this album correct yeah. i carter like i'm at a loss for words at how good this album is dude you've got me intrigued you fucking have me intrigued because like i'm just wondering how that how that slid under my nose though that's, yeah. that's a that, that's a that's a good a good fucking place to end because if anything if it's that good we should just, we should talk about it again, dude. On, this on the, the next one the the sort of the the brain behind this is a guy named Nas Alchemist. Okay. Um, he's from the states. Are you they know? a Greek band? Are they because there's, there's a really no, good no no he's just he's just really focusing on Greek okay mythology and Greek lore specifically the the real nasty ugly kind of evil side of things. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it's it's uh, <laughs> they, really, yeah, there's an album, The Dreaming, that came out in 2015, and you know I got a kind of like a music, the lifeblood acquaintance, acquaintance, somebody that's kind of I did an interview with you know years ago. Um, he's a black metal connoisseur, and I I sent him the link when the new album came out on Bandcamp. And I was like, this is really good. And he said, check out the dreaming before that. It's even better, but damn, it's, it's out on Devin Muir Morty productions. It's a European label distro, whatever. Okay. And the, the label itself, they're the roster on there. The roster of releases they have on there is really, really, really good. Impressive. But the the atmosphere in this the way the the tracking order the 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 sort of journey, the journey that it takes you on i always think of uh what is a um, black crown syndicate initiate 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 sorry yeah I oh, their syndicate. their new album came out too by the way we'll talk about that like that down the road they, but uh, but but those guys black mm. crown initiate mm -hmm. they they take you on a journey you know what i mean yeah when it comes to the music that they release. And <clears throat> I would say this album, Milinahi, this is, it has that quality to it as far as, as, as a journey element is, because it does tell a story. When you dive into the lyrics, you look through the booklet, 
that that sort of thing it takes you on a journey but at the same time because of the way this music is created it might have been just the mood i was in at the time but like some intense sort of introspection you can get you can get lost in this album which makes it even more impressive now the the thing with music for for you know audiophiles and uber fans like you and i are some people listen to music to escape the mundane and and sometimes people listen to music to escape the the chaotic you know so it it does different things to different people and for me every single fucking time i've listened to this album it is just this overwhelming for foreboding sense of doom <laughs> when it when it puts me in that kind of mood so an album that's having that heavy handed of an emotional impact on me i know something's going on with it you know okay i need i need to pay attention to it you know and i have i've just been mainlining it the last month or whatever it's been and this this is as important of a black metal release as as the return by bathory Ooh. This is a this this is a tentpole album for black metal. Okay, is, I gotta I gotta hear it then. I I I don't know how it escaped my fucking yeah. You know, like Quantos uh, Passant ad Satanitatum Trahund by Gorgoroth. It's as important as that. It's it's as it's as important as Chimera is for Mayhem. You know, it, just the just the overall. Um, pushing forward of the genre. Okay. And I, what's what's so damn interesting about it is like this dude is here in the States. He's here in the United States. And for him to have that type of a grip on how to make black metal work correctly, because half of black metal is the music, the other half is the atmosphere that goes along with it. Those are, those are key to being able to make black metal work the way that it's supposed to. And it just, the album has it in spades. This is, this is the, this is a crack the sky by Mastodon level of an album. Cool. Yeah. On that note, I have to pee so fucking bad, dude. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude, fucking, this is, the, that, that's, that sounds, this has been a really fucking good episode, man. I'm, I'm glad we're back doing it. Um, I know that, you know, we, we both had shit going on and it, it is what it is. Um, but, uh, just let you guys know, we're going to be back to regular rotation in 2021. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, everything, everything has kind of stabilized. So I think, uh, the year 2020 was terrible for everybody. I think, <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's a person on the earth that was like, yeah, it was great. Let's do it again. You know, it, <laughs> unless you're a fucking hermit with like every, every amenity and every fucking like you know, uh, luxury that you, I mean, I don't know what, right. Right. Fuck it. I mean, and I'm, and I'm not going to be able to fuck 2020. I mean, there was some really awesome things for me that happened in it. Um, and then there was some kind of like, it wasn't really like, Oh shit. It was like, it more like, it was like, more like what the fuck It's more of a, what the fuck than a huge letdown because I always take a, what the fuck and turn it into something, you know, that, you know, that's positive. I don't ever really let it fucking go. Oh, well this happened. Sure. Now sure. I'm screwed forever. Like, no, yeah. it was what the, what the fuck. How do I keep going, you know, around this? So, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that those bands, all those bands that we love, they were able to write some music and we're going to get just a deluge of, of new stuff in 2021. So I think, yep. um, you know, I, I, I am, I have got to see a I have got to see this band. Like I, I have to go see them. 
Cool. Yeah. It's good. So they're a full band, not just one dude and fucking a bunch of hired hands. Well, I think I think it's a dude. I think it's a dude that writes everything, writes the songs, you know, guitar, bass, whatever. Gotcha. And it on the album, I think there's a drummer credited. So I think he's got a drummer with him. Cool. But if if this is what 2020 has in 2021 has in store, I'm all about it. I just want to go see Eclipse. I want to go see this band now. Sounds so, good. <laughs> that's that's where I'm at with 2021. So cool. All right, there's our there's our top three plus honorable mentions. So like Carter said, yeah, uh, conversations uh, from the pit is going to come at more of a regular clip than what it has in the past. That's one of my goals for this year. I literally wrote it on my New Year's resolutions. Um, so I like these deep dives that Carter and I get to do um, because both of us. You know, we have just a slightly different perspective, and it's one of the most um, enriching sort of interactions that I have, um, not only Music the Lightblood related, but on a personal level, too. So, yeah, I hope, uh, yeah, hopefully everything moves in a way that we can keep doing these on a regular clip. So, there you yep. go. All right, guys, that's it. Music the Lightblood, it's something old. Something new. What are you listening to? Blick Mittel. Blick 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 Bl